Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. I'm your host, the one, the only, Tim Wilkins. In today's edition, week three of the NFL. It's fun. It's stupid. It's all of the above. And uh, we saw some great, great live action at the NFL level this past week and on Monday that I want to kind of go over here and kind of the events that transpired uh, that just make it a great week of football because that's exactly what I believe it really was. Uh, on any given Sunday, any team can be any team, and we saw that full-handedly at, at the NFL level this past week, week three. Obviously, Thursday night football started with the 49ers and Giants. Obviously, the Giants are coming off a very, very just painful, painful loss, and they're going to continue to just lose this season. They're, I mean, I'm not sure if they're tanking or what, but San Francisco is on a serious roll here, and I mean that legitimately. Um, the crazy thing about this with San Francisco is the stat line that kind of ensues here is that everybody on all sides of the ball are getting the ball. You have Brock Purdy throw for 310, two touchdowns. Christian McCraffy having uh, 18 carries for 85 yards, one score. Debo Samuel, who arguably is the best receiver in the league, six receptions, 129, one touchdown. What you see is that the 49ers' continuation of dominance. And you will continue to see that throughout the season once we get into the Week 4 preview and uh, kind of go through the Week 4 schedule a little bit. The one that kind of caught me, not so we're, we're going to go through the list of games here, but the Sunday night, the Sunday games were obviously uninspiring to a certain level. But the one kind of the, I would say the 1 o'clock or 4, the, the storyline that kind of got out there Monday morning was the the onslaught that we saw with the Denver Broncos and the Miami Dolphins. Miami putting a number up there, really good, a strong number, 70 points, was three points away from breaking uh, the, the more arguably the highest point total record in the NFL for a single game. And uh, they were at home, and they put 70 points up against the Broncos, who are still reeling. The Broncos still can't figure this out, and it's starting to show here. And it, there's not much we could talk about but it's arguably just painful to watch the Broncos at this point. Um, the storyline here was just just the the offensive side of the ball for the Dolphins here. Tua Tungabaloa, 309 throwing yards, four touchdowns. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the running back's name for the Miami because he kept changing his name three times. 203 rushing yards for 18 carries on two touchdowns. The cheetah Tyreek Hill had nine receptions for 157 in a score. And you can just tell the the offensive side of the ball, the onslaught there was just thank God they I hadn't watched it. Thank God I had NFL red zone, but it's just terribly, terrible thing to watch if you look at it. I hope, you know, I'm not a Broncos fan by any means, but that's just an embarrassment, is what it is. If that continues going to week eight, uh Sean Payton might be looking for another job here, I, I feel. Uh, the, the really the cool part about the one o'clock games was the the closest matchup was the Packers and the Saints. Uh, the Jordan Love rally there at the very end, uh, the win against the Saints. Uh, looks like Derek Carr might be out for a period of time with a shoulder injury, but Jordan Love rushed and for through, so it, it definitely was a good day for him. Um, just an overall good team effort by the Packers there, and, and just. You know, it was difficult because they were down 17-0 going into the fourth quarter. 
and they just came back at home and won at home. So it wasn't like an away game kind of let's come back and win this for the team type of thing. It uh, it, it transpired as a home victory, which is very difficult to watch. Um, your home team kind of be down by almost three scores at that point, and they come back in the fourth quarter. Like I said, at any given Sunday, anything can happen. So what's happened into the uh, the other one o'clock games I kind of want to go over? The Browns and the Titans. Nick Chubb obviously went down with an injury in week two. But we see something really starting to ferment here. And ferment here. Is that the Browns are going to be a player in that division. I didn't think so. I thought, you know, the, the, Ra- the Ravens would definitely be a foregone favorite in that division, and the Steelers will kind of keep it competitive. But I think overall here that this this game showing, this showing here of 27-3 to against the Titans, Deshaun Watson had two TDs. He was actually fighting probably for his starting position there. If Raina's thinking about retirement, she'll get some help from Fidelity to envision what's possible and balance risk and reward. And with right, a clear well, plan, Raina can enjoy wherever she's headed next. That's the planning effect from right, Fidelity. Well, I, I don't need I don't need a sound situation there, but it, it's the one thing that's really really weird. Besides that little kind of take away from stupidity there with the ad listened to on the scoreboard here, is that. That game wasn't even comparison to what we saw with the Lions and the Falcons. And the Falcons just did, did not come out to play against the Lions. Uh, new Lions, St. Brown for the, the Lions, nine reception, 102 yards, having a hell of a year so far. Jared Goff is kind of reinvented here. He did have one interception, which, you know, arguably could be, you know, to take away from that. But it, I think seriously, the Lions are definitely coming out to play this season. So are the Browns opening the season up. The next one's in line. We have Chargers and the Vikings. And I, I'll say this: the Vikings are definitely where for like you. You heard Chris talk about it. He he picked the Vikings to win the division. I did not. And um, Arguably, you can't say anything bad. I chose the Bears to win the division to be a, be a wise ass, but um, the the Chargers here just kept on going. Uh, Herbert had four oh five on the throw, three touchdowns. I mean, looks like the the Vikings were on the ground, and Keelan Allen obviously had eighteen receptions for two hundred fifteen yards. He was obviously the player to beat in the re- throw in the receiving game, but. I'll be interested to see how the Chargers continue down the stretch here. Uh, the Vikings need to kind of get themselves straightened out here. I think Kirk is probably done in Minnesota, and I could see him being traded to the Jets or the Bears. Um, I don't think they're going to trade within the division, so it's probably going to be the Jets here. And speaking of the Jets, we're going to go on the Patriots and the Jets. As a Patriots fan, I was not impressed by this performance by the Patriots at all, but it's a step in the right direction as I will kindly remind every single Patriots fan as as a fan and as a longtime fan as well and grew up in the New England area, the New England Patriots during the 90s weren't something to be talked about. 
this is what we're going to be going through for the next 10 years. Grind out seasons and just really, 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 I would say back and forth performances. I have to give the Patriots credit here. I really do. They did a nice job. I mean, there were some frustrations, but they did 16 carries for 80 yards with Ezekiel Elliott. They had a very unique game on the ground, and they did what they needed to do to win. And it was pretty boring to watch at times, but you got to keep in mind as fans here that the Jets are still trying to find their identity right now without Aaron Rodgers. And you have the Patriots that are seriously still trying to find their offensive identity as well because they're coming in with a new offensive coordinator. I mean, this is a great showing from Mac Jones. I, I, I think maybe Mac Jones might be the answer. He might be. But I think in the next two years of his contract, you're going to either see him get pushed out or get a contract of a lower regard if he does get another contract. I really don't see him or forecast him getting a lot of money, but I know the, the standard is the standard. All righty. So we're going to go into the Buffalo Beals, the Beals, the fighting Buffalo Beals, and the Washington Redskins slash commander slash football team. Um, for being a two and one team, the Washington team is actually doing pretty well. Now, will they win the division? No, that's a foregone conclusion based on what happens. Well, I'm not really a foregone conclusion because I'll discuss the next game here in a minute, which blew me away on surprise uh, of what happened. But Bills put up a good number here. Uh, really looks like a running game all the way around for the Bills. Uh, Jared Cook, 15 carries, 98 yards, no touchdowns. Stephon Diggs with five, eight receptions, 111 yards. Jared Allen. 218, one touchdown, one interception. So it it's moving in the right direction for that team. And and really, I'll talk about this game right now and get it out the way for all you fandoms out there. Because I really do need to talk about this because it's really freaking embarrassing for all the Dallas Cowboy fans out there. Dallas lost to the Arizona Cardinals who are tanking. Tanking, regardless of what your belief is on tanking or what the reality or the situation might be as an injured Kyler Murray, the team is tanking for a first-round draft pick, okay? Cardinals win against the Cowboys 28-16. If that is not an eye-opening experience for the Cowboys fans, Tony Pollard ran for, Pollard ran for 23, 23 times, for 122 yards. They essentially put it, that game on his shoulders. And he did the work. And unfortunately they came up short. I am just blown away. By how a team that is tanking essentially. Can win against the Dallas Cowboys. Who arguably based on the, the punditry. Is the team to beat in the division. So let's talk about the next kind of sequence of games here, the 4 o'clock time block. Texans versus the Clown Show. Wagwires. Wagwires. 37-17, Texans win. C.J. Stroud, two touchdowns, 280 yards. Uh, NTN 
for the running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Really strong showing from him. And I, I think uh, I think the AFC South is going to be more competitive than what it what it reads on here. Um, I really do think so. And the fun thing is the next game. The fun game, I, I think, of the day of the week uh, really was the next, the next game here. It was the Colts and the Ravens. And I actually enjoyed watching this game. Not because it was low scoring or anything, but it was actually really fun to watch these two teams competitively play. Um, Indianapolis barely streaks out to victory there in overtime. 22-19 with, uh, a, with a kick. Uh, I think it was a 51-yarder. But uh, this guy, this kicker for the, the Colts, literally hits four field goals over 50 yards. And he does an amazing job, and they score points, and they do their thing, and that's all we can do. Garden Minshew, or Minshew Mania, 227, one touchdown. Uh, the running back, not the one that has all the money and all the fame. Mr. Moss, the running back for Indianapolis, ran 30 times for 122 yards. And Pittman Jr. had nine reception for 77 yards. So it was actually a really good back-and-forth game. Very pretty ecstatic about the, the overall um, what can happen. Uh, really, what the, the crazy thing is here is what might have happened in this Panthers and Seahawks game. And, and I'm not exactly sure the injury situation with uh, the quarterback there in Carolina, the phenom from Alabama. But uh, Andy Dalton got put in that game there and threw for 361 yards and two touchdowns for Carolina. Um, really, realistically, it really was just a great overall, like a good good series of games here on the 4 o'clock hour, uh, or 3.30 for all you guys on Central Time. But then you have the Chiefs and the Bears, which – all right, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room here, shall we? Um, what's really is important. Is that as much as I am a huge NFL fan for what the game has done for the masses, I think because this game was a blowout that the coverage ran out of things to talk about. So they started talking about Travis Kelsey's personal life. And out of respect, because I wouldn't want it done to me, let them live, ladies and gentlemen. Just let them live. You know, if, if she wants to date Travis and Travis wants to date her, let it play out. You know, we'll see sooner rather than later if it's going to be one of those song titles or something from her about breaking up or something and and on all seriousness i got really tired of watching the coverage because not only was it a blowout but it was a love fest like mockery it was literally a mockery of the sport and i'm sorry but no thanks i don't need to watch that game they did win 41 to 10 but the obviously all eyes were on the the outs off the field stuff instead of the on the field stuff. And that's not really what it needs to be done. It's week three of the NFL. I think we need to get ourselves out of that situation. The Sunday night game. Um, 
really was unimpressive, at least in my view, other than Devontae Adams having 13 receptions for almost 200 yards. Jimmy Garoppolo throwing three interceptions. Very in, un, uninspiring game for the Sunday night game. And the Steelers win 23-18 in Las Vegas. And like I said, it was uninspiring because if Jimmy G didn't throw those three interceptions, the game would have looked a hell of a lot different because Steelers weren't going to win this game without some turnovers. I go ahead over to NF Monday Night Football, which had a twofer, which were uninspiring. Uh, Eagles and the Buccaneers. Eagles obviously win by two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts had a lackadaisical effort. Uh, Devontae Swift had 16 carries for 130 yards, so obviously they kind of pounded the ball. It was raining a little bit there in Tampa Bay, so they went to the ground game there. The Rams and the Bengals. I will say this arguably, as much as Cincinnati might be the foregone favorite in the AFC Central or AFC North. Is it North? Yeah, it's North. Wow. Um, I don't see them winning the division right now. They're still not the team to beat uh, in that division. I think the Baltimore Ravens still are the team to beat. And I, or maybe the, maybe even Cleveland. So that's where that's early at. I think takeaways from this week for week two or week, and week, week three, excuse me, is that realistically, and I mean this jokingly, that we had any given Sunday, any team could be any team, and you have some non non some trap games that became one sided, and then you had an off the field story that kind of took on its own, and that's what it was. It was really a kind of a mixed mash of weeks, but uh, takeaways from it honestly is let's see where the the Ravens kind of continue here. They just signed uh, Kevin Van Noy. I'll be interested to see how the Bills continue to, to grow. In that division, see where the Patriots go with week four. The Chargers are going to be the Chargers. What are the, what are the Dolphins going to do? You know, that's another question. So, really a great week of football, but we're going to preview next week four. And I really want to kind of go into this because this series of games this week has a couple great 1 o'clock games with an early 8.30 in the morning game at Wembley. And um, I would say that the Sunday night game is uninspiring. And they went down to one Monday night game, finally. So we're going to go through this list here, and I'm going to pick out my winners. You have Detroit versus Green Bay. I'm going to go Detroit, probably less than seven. Atlanta against Jacksonville. I'm going to go Jacksonville here. Miami versus Buffalo. I'm going to say Buffalo. Plus three, um, Denver versus the Chicago Bears, two nothing burger teams. I think Chicago gets a win at home. Cleveland versus Baltimore. I'm going to say Cleveland plus three at home. Cincinnati versus Tennessee. I'm going to go Cincinnati here. Los Angeles Rams versus Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. I'm going to go with the Colts. Tampa versus New Orleans. I'm going to go Tampa. Eagles versus the Washington football team. I'm going to go to the Eagles. Carolina versus Minnesota. I'm going to go Carolina. Houston versus Pittsburgh. I'm going to go Houston plus three and a half at home in Houston. Las Vegas versus Los Angeles Chargers. 
I'm going to go with uh, the Chargers here. Um, New England versus Dallas. I'm going to say New England here. That's just me. And that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> I'm very confident in my, my, my Patriots. Arizona versus San Fran. San Fran's going to put up a barn burn number there. Kansas City against the Jets. I'm going to go against I'm going to go Kansas City here, probably by two touchdowns. Seattle at New York uh, for the Monday night game. I'm going to go Seattle here, probably by a touchdown. And that's going to be my picks, guys. I, I'm going to be very simplistic here on what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say how it's going to play out. But I think, seriously, the games to the watch are going to be Miami-Buffalo, the Baltimore-Cleveland game. Um, you're definitely going to want to watch the, the Patriots and the Dallas Cowboys to see if the Cowboys can either bounce back or continue down that stretch. Tampa-New Orleans. And, I, I mean, honestly, the Eagles and Washington team, I would watch because they're leading the division right now. So those are kind of the teams I want to watch. I'll say, everyone, hope you had a great week. Continue to have a good week. Don't work too hard rest of the week. And last but not least, this Yankee Cowboys signing off.